everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day. And internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So, while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next-generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Vanessa Ortiz of Fitchburg, Massachusetts. Vanessa will get a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Katie Mitchell. And these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedure, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedures, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories, these are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at Criminal Intent, Season 3, Episode 8, Sound Bodies. Someone wanted it to sink. They moved the boat from the repair yard. They patched it up, put it where the kids would find it knowing that it would never be able to cross the sound. Those kids were murdered. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and the host of Crime Writers On and Netflix's You Can't Make This Up podcasts, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. Kevin, I'm so glad to be here, but of course, you know, I'll do anything you say. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if you haven't watched the episode, you have no idea what that joke's about. It just yes. sounds like I'm a... You people. Uh, you people. <laughs> sound like the patriarchy coming down. And rounding out our panel is our special... Special guest, two specials. Uh, it is from the Day with Dateline podcast. Yay. It's Katie Mitchell. Hi, Katie. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm the resident um, Vincent expert. So any you uh, are? Woo. Yeah, I, I am. Oh, that's a big statement. Maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna walk that back. Um, no, I'm you a are. fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, who famously said on Twitter he'll never listen to our podcast again because we're mean, is. Uh, <laughs> Is hinting he's going to make a return to the MCU. Uh, that's not the major case unit. That is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, he's oh. been playing Kingpin and Daredevil and Hawkeye and stuff like that. He 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 could even be in Spider Man Four, but he posted a picture of himself at the gym. These big ripped arms. Love that. Love that for him. He's like Popeye with a big bald head. You I love know? that. I, you know, I got to tell you, I love all the iterations of D'Onofrio. I like little D'Onofrio, big D'Onofrio, uh-huh. round D'Onofrio, sideburn D'Onofrio. Yeah. Uh, Edgar, Edgar D'Onofrio when he's all melting. I love all of him. I love him every way you can get him. Agreed. Agreed. I'm going to have to check out this Twitter that you're talking about. <laughs> all right, standing by. Just, just curious. All right. I've just made a note here. Thank okay. <laughs> so D'Onofrio's uh, said that he has always been open to a return as Gorin and told uh, Dick Wolf 100% he could do it uh, if it is a streaming 6 to 10 episode series. Do you guys think that a 63-year-old Gorin would be fun to watch? Yes. 100%. Yes. Yes. You don't? 
Well, I'm asking. You tell you're, me. You're being ageist right now? I mean, I would love to watch 63-year-old Gordon put anything in his mouth, smell anything, lean over mm-hmm. anything. 100%. And I think it will get more intense as he's now an older, he's been through that much more. I think he's going to come back with even more leaning, more smelling, more random knowledge about poisons, etc. It's going to be great. By this time, Gordon will have memorized the internet. Yes. So he'll be unstoppable. Yes. He'll yes. be like, ask Jeeves. Yes. I got this from this Reddit thread seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> well, now let's take a look at the first half of this episode. Criminal Intent Season 3, Episode 8, Sound Bodies. Well, the members of the congregation on Channel Island are at odds because their church lease is up and they have to leave. At a meeting to discuss things, Laura Kohler collapses and is rushed to the hospital. The doctors say she was poisoned. Then another member of the congregation is rushed in, and then another. Since last night, there have been two more cases. That brings it to three dead, two in a coma, and four in critical condition. All from arsenic? Right. The first victim, Laura Kohler, she's one of the deceased. Her husband thought it was a suicide. Then the others rolled in. The common denominator is a meeting yesterday afternoon. They serve food and drink? Yes. With Eames on pregnancy death duty, Gorn and Bishop learned that it was the artificial sweetener in the coffee that was spiked with arsenic. Mrs. Kohler had been depressed since the death of her son and two of his friends when their rowboat sprang a leak and he drowned. Gorn, using several of his super senses, <laughs> determines the boat had been patched with glue mixed with Cake frosting, which would have dissolved by the time the three boys were halfway from shore. Roger says the three teens all had gonorrhea. The detectives talked to Tina, who was with her friend Carolyn watching the coffee and cookies at the meeting. Tina had been withdrawn, but was right as rain once her friends drowned in the middle of the bay. Hmm. Had she been raped by them? She says nope, and she didn't hang with them sleepyheads. Looking for other possibilities, they check with the health department. They report that 35 of the teen children of those church-going parents were having sex parties. Well, like most Criminal Intent episodes, we get like a whipped around uh, after, you know, several different stories, little vignettes. We don't know what's going on. We're introduced to a huge cast, but we do know two things. What? The congregation is arguing over whether it's going to leave Channel Island and... You need to ride a water taxi to get there. So when Laura is rushed to the hospital, all of a sudden an old man is wheeled in. <laughs> we have a suspected poisoning. Male, 73, BP is crashing. All right, Ipecac and Lavage, let's get some blood. I'm sorry, do you have any idea what your wife might have taken? Doctor, no. there's an ambulance en route with another poisoning. The patient's unresponsive. Call St. Lucia's. Tell them we might need to transfer. Somebody, help me. My wife's in the car. She can't breathe. She's having convulsions. <laughs> and then another ambulance drives up. <laughs> And the guy with a wife in his car. Yep. How fast is this water taxi going back and forth? It's all I could think about. It reminded me of when people go to Spoon Island, where the Cassidines live on General Hospital, and people are just like knocking on Windermere's door all the time. And I'm like, how many launches are there from Port Charles over to Spoon Island? This was at hospital. It couldn't have been on the island because we know there's very limited space over there, as they establish immediately. Yeah, they can't have a church anymore. There's such <laughs> limited space. The church has to leave. We're, we're supposed to believe that, like, the water taxi went back, or, like, they didn't just wait and, like, put everyone on the boat at the same time? Larry, grab my schooner. We'll go next. <laughs> <laughs> um, you completely blew my mind, by the way, because I did yeah. not put this together. Of course, how are they getting there? Yeah, logistically, this is a mess. Staggered. They all should have come over in one boat, like, on MASH. Yep. Right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Chopper's <laughs> radar. Yes. 
Uh, this is just one of about a half dozen episodes in which uh, Catherine Irby doesn't actually go on maternity leave. They just give the character Eames desk duty. No one saw them at St. Brendan's. Well, they'd have been there if St. Brendan's had a happy hour. I ran their sheets, mostly drunken disorderlies, bar fights. Which is, I think, actually more for Catherine Eby than it is for Eames. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't have to run around the set. And she still gets yeah. paid for She still gets there. paid, yeah. <laughs> Bingo, there we go. So we know that Eames is widowed, so they explain her pregnancy that she is being a surrogate mother carrying her own nephew. Because nothing is more beautiful than carrying your brother's baby. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, again. I think it's interesting that they keep her in. I find that fascinating because I feel like yeah. that's rare. It would be really easy to just have a replacement while she's off. But they, they try to work her in really, really hard. It, it kind of works. Yeah, it's right. it, was always, it was always like one scene or a half a scene an episode. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, maybe she came in every day, like one day. And they all changed their clothes and, you know, they shot all the different scenes. I, don't I bet know. you I, they did. I bet you they did it over like three or four days. They had her come in and just do knock out the season. That's probably. Yeah. When they jump around, Rebecca, to this, pl- I mean, you know, we're talking about six, seven episodes. Yep. Where they're jumping around all these different scenes. There's no way you can just hide her under a big coat or right. have her carry a briefcase to cover up the. You mean like Olivia Benson when she was on computer squad duty and they would yeah. always just put a monitor in front of her stomach or like a lunch bag or like a, a file box or like it was ridiculous. It was so ridiculously obvious. It was like, I love Lucy, obvious. Oh, so boy. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. They had to write it in like Kelly Giddish, R.I.P. Kelly Giddish, oh, by the way. Oh, my God. Breaking news on that. Apparently not her choice. Yeah. So Eames, um, it's actually her sister's baby, but there are 12 states now in which she would have to carry her brother's baby. Yes. Yes, there are. R.I.P. <sighs> my rights and yours. Okay. So Gorn is suspicious of the adhesive on that sunken rowboat. So, of course, he not only sniffs, he tastes. Yeah. Um, the cake frosting. And something else. And that's white glue. Someone patched the seams with a mixture of frosting and, and glue. Is anyone surprised that Gorn has not eaten glue before? <laughs> I, I think, think it's Kenny, why he is as he is. I yeah, think I think that's the origin story, actually. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this had to have been homemade cake frosting. You know how I know? How? Because that stuff that comes in a can would not melt upon contact with water. It's like all grease. It would absolutely plug a hole in a boat just fine. It would like that stuff, that Duncan Hines stuff. Sorry, Duncan Hines, please don't sue. You could like caulk your bathtub with it and it would be fine. Uh, it had to have been like homemade buttercream. That's just like all sugar and butter. Don't you think? I mean, I cook. I know. Also, maybe detectives should have gone for that. Who has been whipping up a lot of buttercream frosting in their kitchen yeah. in the past three? We, you know, and also I feel like a parent would notice if a teen in their house was just making copious amounts of buttercream. Right. Also, butter isn't cheap. Also, if they can go to the library and get somebody's library books, can't they go to the grocery store and say, who's bought seven dozen eggs? Right. I mean, yeah, you exactly. only, there's no eggs and frosting, but oh, okay, uh, there's sure. a lot but, of butter and butter is not cheap. So you would know. There's only one market on that island. Who has a cow on this island? (laughs) (laughs) Who has been churning their own butter in the back in the shed? (laughs) Okay, so we have a couple of Hey, It's That Girls. Hey, it's that girl. So who's playing Detective Lynn Bishop, our uh, temporary stand-in for Eames? Anybody know that actress? There's there's a lawsuit, isn't there, against the state you have? The parents are suing over the 911 system. That's Samantha Buck, 
she had been in a VJ on MTV. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yes, I know, right? The uh, website Looper declared her the worst detective in the history of criminal intent. Wow. Mean. She's not that bad. That bad. She's not that bad. I mean, there is one point in this where she actually kind of nails it towards the end. But Mm -hmm. um, why did they say that? Did they give a reason? Yeah, because she didn't want to drive the car. And yeah, yeah, that's why they said that uh, she was the worst. But Mm -hmm. she has won a Peabody Award Mm -hmm. for her documentary Best Kept Secret. Good for her. So uh, she's living a good life. Also, she's been rated four out of five stars on WikiFeet. <laughs> you um, keep bringing up that stupid website on this podcast. I'm writing it down. How much time are you spending cruising WikiFeet in your personal time? Well, and it, it works for some people. Yeah. Apparently, you are one of those people. She has good but not excellent feet. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm sorry. WikiFeet is about feet? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think it's, it was about? <laughs> I thought it was maybe short for something. I didn't. I thought maybe feet was an acronym. So you got F E E T. Okay, no, yeah. so, it's, so it's about rating people's feet? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yes, only, only women's feet, though. Yes. Oh, of course. Oh, I'm so curious. Okay, thank yeah. you for that. It's That's like good. if you want a toe job, this is where you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. This is the jam. The toe jam. The toe jam. Gives mm-hmm. a new term to toe jam. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who's the actress playing Tino? There are three levels of sleep. Alpha, theta, and Delta, that's like deep sleep. Don't know. She looked familiar, though. Someone I know, yeah, but couldn't tell yeah. you who. Okay, that's uh, Natalie Paulding. Two Law & Order appearances. Rebecca, how did you not know her from All My Children as Bianca Montgomery? <gasps> oh, my God, that's 100% how I knew her. Wait, wait, wait. Bianca Montgomery, number five. Yeah, that actually is 100% how I knew her. That's 100% how I knew her was from All My Children. Shit. That is, I was like, I should have, like, that That soap connection was right there. And, of course, All My Children was filmed in New York. So that was yeah. a New York soap. Of course she was a soap person. Of course. Yeah, if you haven't seen All My Children, Katie, and I rarely have, she was there the year that Susan Lucci finally won her Emmy Award. Oh, big year. Yeah, I guess that winning storyline had to do with Bianca being, I don't know, in trouble, licking glue, who knows, right? <laughs> Today, she's a mom, she makes quilts, and her Twitter profile was suspended in 2016. Bianca Montgomery, by the way, was one of the first or the first lesbian character on a soap opera, by the way. Really? I believe oh so. So I would know Natalie from uh, nothing, is what yeah. is what you're saying. <laughs> Me too. Okay. She's not wow. even on WikiFeet. <laughs> <laughs> not even a WikiFeet profile? Yeah. Wow, she's yeah. she's really off the grid now. Okay. Hey, so let's dig up a Hey, It's That Guy. Hey, it's that guy. Who is playing Michael Kohler? That's the uh, father and widower and... The aggrieved guy? The aggrieved, yes. I don't know. Things have gotten very difficult for her lately. We lost our son, Brian, in a drowning accident. That's John Fury. He played Paul in... Friday the 13th, part two. Hmm. Oh. Uh, he was in that movie. He was last seen by Ginny before she fainted and Jason smashed through the window and then he's gone and then they never address whatever happened to Paul. Oh, poor Paul. Oh, wow. You see Jason kill and slash everybody, but Paul just vanishes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, he it's not as exciting, you know, when the naked girlfriend had just had sex dies. Like, no one ever talks about what happens to the boy. Yeah, yeah. this is true. Yeah. 
Uh, do you know who's playing his wife, Laura? Honey, we have to let go. Well, maybe you can, but I can't. You mean uh, poor diabetic Laura who had a sugar-free cookie as her last meal? Ew. <laughs> what, yeah. a, what a sad way to go. Yeah, no, agreed. That's actually John's real-life wife, <gasps> Denise Golick. Uh, she was not in Friday the 13th, but you might remember her from Oh God, Book 2. <laughs> no. Her uh, her part is listed as Joan, Don's big-boobed girlfriend. Mm. <gasps> wow. Times were different in Hollywood. So Denise, uh, she was cast as Chrissy Snow in the second of three pilot episodes for Three's Company. Oh. Wow. Yeah. She did not get the part and did save the world for the Thighmaster. Yeah. She yeah. sure did. She doesn't have that, like, Thymaster airplane money, though, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We have a repeat offender. Repeat offender. Back again is Bill Hogg as the harbor master. He was Bill in Orange is the New Black. There would have been three inches of water on the bottom before they even reached the end of that dock. I don't see why they kept on going. He was recently on SVU as a cop in Denver who had a New York accent. (laughs) Yeah, that tracks. Sure. Okay, how about the girl playing Carolyn, Tina's friend? Claudia, he's waiting. Nope. No. Okay, so that's Trisha LaFeche. You know her from the movie God's Not Dead and God's Not Dead 2. <laughs> uh, she played, wow. She played Joan, Don's big boob girlfriend. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, she graduated law school in 2002. She's primarily an acting coach these days. Her students include Lenny Kravitz. What? Julianne mm. Huff. Wow. S- uh, Suki Waterhouse and comedians Pete Davidson and Sebastian Maniscalco. So she's helping people who aren't actors who have adjacent careers become actors. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, you don't really have to set the bar very high for that teacher, right? Yeah. Just come in, memorize the lines, and don't drool on yourself. Exactly. Everyone knows who you are anyway, just like, so she probably helped Lenny Kravitz for those stupid Hunger Games movies that are actually really great movies. He wasn't so bad in those. Nice job. Nice job, Olivia. A round of applause. (laughs) Good job. For you, yes. So lastly, can you give me the name of the actress playing Liv, the girl with the double pigtails who dishes about the sex parties? Double pigtails. The double pigtails. What a signal that was, eh? They were mean. Like you weren't anything important. But what are you going to do? Did you see there was an article recently about the uh, the tips that um, women who work in, as servers in restaurants get if they wear that hairstyle? They get an average 25% higher tips if they wear their hair in that style. Really? Isn't Why? that disgusting? Why do you think? Yeah, gross. That, okay. Oh, my stomach hurts. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, her name is Ash Burrett. Two Law & Order appearances. She's mostly worked behind the scenes of different shows like Land of the Giants and Could You Survive the Movies? Mm. Uh, that's like Mythbusters, but they look at the movies. Oh. Their first show was called Back to the Future. Can you travel through time? No. No. Okay, end of the show. Exactly. Wow, wow. She was also a production coordinator on The Goop Lab. Ooh. That was Gwyneth Paltrow's pseudo-science TV series. Yeah. Ash Ouch. worked on the female orgasm episode. Yeah, That's yeah. the one where a woman used a hand mirror to masturbate. I watched it, not going to lie. I'm not sure what a production coordinator does in that situation, mm-hmm. except maybe get more lube. 
Yeah, that was really something, that show. It yeah. was really something. By the way, 10 out of 10 on WikiFeet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rogers has a great line uh, when asked if there was uh, any other way that the three boys could have all gotten the same strain of gonorrhea. She says, Less toilet seats and doorknobs are making a comeback. Not unless doorknobs and toilet seats are making a comeback. <laughs> Did they ever go away? I thought that was still <laughs> a very active theory. No? All right. Well, I think with those parents, if one of the kids, you know, got found out that they would just say, I was a toilet seat. Yeah. And they would believe it. It was a hot tub. Hot it was tub. a hot tub. Yeah. I, I will say when they said, what are the odds of three kids having the same STD? I was like. They're high. The yeah. odds are very, very high. What, what, like, century do you live in? Like, why would you think three kids wouldn't have the same STD who live on a fucking island? Those are high. High odds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. High odds. Yeah. The high odds that their uh, cousins are uh, sleeping with each other, too, right? <laughs> yeah. I still can't get a handle on exactly how many people are on the island. So probably. Yeah. I'm, I feel like it's, it's vacillating a little bit. Um, I can tell you how many artists are on that island. One, because every painting on that island is a painting of flowers, no matter what house you go into. Flowers, 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 flowers. An insane number of flowers paintings, which makes me think maybe they filmed in only one house on that island. Yeah. (gasps) Good point. Yeah, one bakery, one parking lot. Seven water taxis. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, the gonorrhea is a clue, and they check with the public health department, who already has created a color-coded spider map of who's been giving VD to who. I'd buy that poster. It was beautiful. Yeah, correct. Um, except it's very not detailed, which kind of drove me crazy. That it's like, it's one of these dots. Well, which which one? Who are the other dots <laughs> yeah. representing? There were uh, forty dots on the chart. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't understand. It feel like it would have taken ten more seconds to just write Jimmy, Cindy. You know, write the names in so you yeah. can really connect yeah. this graph. No, or, or make it an icon of a greenish discharge. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> just slight color alteration. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it should be like a string chart murder board, like with you know. If uh, you have the opportunity to do string, you you do a, a yeah. string board. That's you got to go three dimensional. Yeah, yeah. By the way, you know the chart was already up on a uh, a stand. Yeah, I thought it was with a that Jonathan one page covering it, so they could pull it like surprise. I thought it was like a Jonathan Adler print when they first like, did it. It looked like one of those like Target like placemats you can buy. Totally. Yeah. Jonathan Adler for J.C. Penney. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. I one of those geometric shapes that could be a, a window screensaver. Totally. Absolutely. Uh, there you go. I tell you there what you that, char- that chart tells me is that religious abstinence programs do not work. No, they do not. No. I mean, we knew don't. that, though. That's not a secret. I mean, we watch Netflix docs all the time. Yes, but now you yeah. have a chart that shows <laughs> it's going around. Now I know why the kids didn't weren't drinking that coffee because it hurts to pee. <laughs> there you go. Everything's changing so fast these days and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.
In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. All right, now let's take a look at the second half of this episode. Gorn and Bishop talk to the sluttiest chick they can find about the teenage orgies. Liv, there were three boys involved with the sex parties. Way more than three. It was like a mad sex thing. We want to know specifically about these three. They ever forced girls to participate. The girl says Tina and her lame friends, Carolyn and Claudia, stopped going to the parties. The detectives talk to Claudia at the barn, where she maintains a dog kennel. Gorin discovers some old-school flypaper, and its arsenic matches that from the coffee sweetener. Gorin notices Tina and Claudia have been repeating lines from classic books that they've never read. So, thanks to the Patriot Act, the <laughs> cops browse library records to see that those books were checked out by one kid. It's Conrad, Connie Smith, who was abandoned by his mother and is now living with his uncle, the Reverend. Connie says he has nothing to do with those girls or those sex parties, but he has been excelling at his crime-themed high school science class. His most recent line of research, death by anaphylaxis. Hmm. Even though he's with Bishop, Gorin can still make giant leaps of logic. Thinking about fatal allergies, he learns certain pet medications contain shellfish, and now they must immediately run to the island. They find Claudia in the barn, unresponsive, having attempted suicide with the medicine, which the audience now knows was encouraged by Connie. When she awakens in the hospital, she confesses to the church poisoning, saying the parents were hypocrites unaware of their children's bunga bunga parties. But what about that sabotaged boat? The detectives tell Tina and Carolyn that Claudia is taking the fall for Connie, so he knows that she is his best and only friend. So not to be outdone, Tina admits to tampering with the boat, all to make Connie happy. In interrogation, Connie says Tina and Carolyn will never give him up. Cue the final Gorn explication. He tells Connie he drew the girls into his web by exploiting their anger over the orgies, then their fear over the drownings. Everyone in his life leaves him, first his mom and now his uncle, the Reverend. Gorin asks Connie which of the girls patched the boat, and Connie asks Gorin what did the five fingers say to the face? (laughs) (laughs) That's when he bitch slaps Gorin like Charlie Murphy. Yeah. In court, Connie's arraigned for the three boys' deaths. He crosses paths with Tina and Carolyn, who proclaim their love and fidelity to the sociopathic criminal, just like any future January 6th insurrectionist would. (laughs) Now, now, to be clear, you didn't think Ponytail Girl was, quote, slutty. You're saying that Gorin thought that, correct? I thought she was in a fictional world. She was slutty. She's a very nice... Because that is a very derisive term, and we do not sex shame girls just because they go to orgies and wear ponytails. That is a Gorin assumption. Just want to be clear. Right, right. (laughs) She was just... Again, holding the lube (laughs) for Gwyneth Paltrow's friend, which is absolutely sex positive. Yes. But let's talk about double 
ponytail. <laughs> Liv. Liv is asked whether anyone was forced into going to the sex party, and she says, Nobody was forced. You do it because your friends do it. You want to be tight. No, that's not how you stay tight. <laughs> ew. No. ew. Ew, ew, Going oh. to an orgy is the opposite of staying tight. Not if you're having mad sex. Like not she if says. you use those goop exercises and buy all those Gwyneth Paltrow, like, things that you stick up there to keep it tight. It's also... Um, on- I feel like it's incredibly expensive as well. So she, the things that she's marketing. Yeah, it's, yes. it's real fun. Um, I didn't appreciate the TLC comment. I'm just going to state that. What they call the the lame, what is it, the lame girls? No, what? We call them TLC, like three lame chicks. Just Let's just, just leave TLC alone. Let's let That's them right. be a, a group from the, from the 90s and we'll just let yeah. them have it. Yeah. I'm sure That's when it. they saw the boat sink, they're like, no scrubs. <laughs> Now, by the way, these guys, these kids had sex parties and invited everyone. Yeah. Including Claudia. Yeah. Who is probably the equipment manager for the soccer team, right? Claudia has a kennel in her barn. Kennel where dogs yeah. wear sweaters, by the way. Yeah. Is she raising puppies? Is she a, is she the daughter of a vet? We don't get any explanation why there's a kennel. Is that doggy vitamins? Supplements. This one's for their joints, so they don't get arthritis. Is I'm it a shelter? Is it baby? Is it babysitting? We don't know. And why is it in a barn that needs two electric bug zappers? <laughs> yeah, it's a very all very good questions. I do um, like the look on Katie's face as she's contemplating these plot holes. Yeah, I'm wondering what led Gorin to from the bug zapper. I mean, I'm not going to claim to understand his mind, but he got from bug zapper to I better check out what's in that barn. They might have vintage flypaper. It seemed yeah. to be a direct line from bug zapper to the vintage flypaper. And that's yeah. just, I don't think I could get there. And this can you imagine like what is stuck on that vibe <laughs> after being up there since the 70s? It's pretty shocking he didn't put it in his mouth, frankly. <laughs> also, someone cut down just a piece of it to boil it for the arsenic. They, Not the whole they thing. Didn't, they didn't take down the whole thing. They just nope. went up there with scissors and went snip. Like that. All we need is a swatch. Just a swatch. Now, how's this for an idea that was before its time? A true crime science class. Mm, love it. Also, how do those kids get to school in the Bronx? Water taxi? Water taxi, of course. Oh, that sucks. Can you imagine? You know how early high school starts, right? Like 730 or whatever? You get can, up with the lobstermen. Can you fucking imagine having to take a water taxi to high school? Like in New York, like in December? That, okay, so there's no way that there's a small school. I'm, I think I'm being influenced by this show I watch. There's no way there's a small school on the island that everyone no. goes. Okay, no. They're, they're well, going maybe into, there's like a little elementary school, a one room. Sure, a preschool or something, yeah. but not a... Where they okay. eat sugar-free cookies. Yeah. This would be a great place if you like wanted to homeschool or something. I people on this island were like kind of set for the pandemic until they needed to go to Trader Joe's. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, this true crime science class, uh, when they hear about this, white women all over America are going to put down their Chardonnays and start grinding on themselves. Like, oh, oh, oh blood spatter every day. Mm, poisons. English class is just podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Garden Bishop suspect Connie's next move will be to use the shellfish extract within the dog joint medicine to uh, attack someone, I mean, to attack Claudia and get her to die because maybe she has an allergy. We don't know. So they rush back to the barn. And again, if the only ways to get to this island is a ferry, where do these two police cars come from? It's a really good question. 
They're just yeah. waiting at the dock. They have police cars at the dock just ready to go. I think so, that they just shot, so they just skimmed right across the water. Yeah. Are we okay. certain there's no bridge to this island? We're certain. We're certain? Well, because we never saw one, yes, I'm You're right. certain. You're right. I've never, yeah, I'm certain too. Let's just pretend like that's this true that there's no bridge and all this stuff sucks, because it does. Agreed. It all sucks. Agreed. It also, like, the reverend in a local church would not be living in a giant house on the water. There's a lot about this that makes no sense. Yeah. That's a very good point. Um, also, there... Uh, young Connie would also not, this is the most complicated way to have someone to murder someone that I've ever heard in my life, especially because anaphylactic shock, isn't that something that you want it to be look like an accident, right? Just accidentally this happened. But then when she's found, there's a note, there's the bottle, there's all of these things that are very clearly not an accident. So what, why are we doing this the most complicated way? Well, they find Claudia unresponsive on the floor and they're shaking her try to revive her they put an oxygen mask on her it's like they don't know what to do so i know what to do EpiPen. yes it's the there simplest thing they knew what they knew what they were going to find they were going to find somebody in anaphylactic shock and they didn't bring a fucking EpiPen with them no that is correct but did you know that uh the new partner can smell poison because she does smell that bottle and she goes chondroitin sulfate whatever she's got the technical <laughs> term down and i was like so i don't know why they keep saying she's the worst detective yeah. because she's got a goran like sniffer yeah even a better nose than goran yep there you go yep. so i've seen a lot of great interrogation scenes in law and order history but never have i wanted to trade places with a perp more than getting to slap goran in his smug little face what did you do to her well it's like the book says that every sin carries grace within it Ow. That was unbelievable. I did not see yeah. it coming. And unnecessary. By the way, I've seen this episode before and I still didn't see it coming. It was a long time ago, granted. It was so great. It was so funny. Like it was funny, right? It was funny. I think it I think it was real. I think that I, I don't know if you'd be able to fake something that in. I mean, what do you what do you folks think? Do you think I that think was, D'Onofrio would have said to the kid, go for it. D'Onofrio go is for method. it. Yeah, He's that's method, what I right? think. He is a method actor. So my thought is that was a real slap. And um, whoever played was playing Connie Smith. I forget the the, the gentleman's name. But Billy I think, Lush. Yeah, I think he would have been worried about that doing that to Vincent D'Onofrio, just in my, my opinion. And that's why he has no IMDb trail after this episode. <laughs> I was waiting for the, the red mark to appear on the cheek, so maybe D'Onofrio is just so great. D'Onofrio's tough. He timed that. You were in Full Metal Jacket and everybody beat you with uh, yeah. pillowcases filled with bars of soap. Yep. Let some little kid give you a poke. Come on, it's I think, network yeah, television. I actually thought it was real too. I, it, I yeah. slaps obviously like they can do fake ones or whatever, but it was they obviously sweetened it with some sound too, which made it they that's did what made it funny. Yeah, I was like, there's some foley in there you can hear because it's so quack. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which you know the classic uh, slap sound for foley is made by a guy slapping a wet ham. <laughs> That is that smack. That is that noise. Nice. By the way, there was a cop waiting outside who seemed to really take his time coming in to to subdue the slapper. Yep. 
Like, if you get another one in, that's fine. You know why? Because you know they all fucking hate working with Goran. They hate it. You hate know he it. steals their lunch from the fridge. You know yeah. that he has all sorts of weird-ass habits. He takes off his shoes, like, in the squad room. <laughs> yeah. You know Absolutely. he's just so weird. You know it. You know he's yeah. weird. Yeah. I think it's even worse than stealing food. I think it's smelly food. It's weird food. So it stinks the entire fridge. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? With no regard, because it's something he ordered. Pimento loaf. Yeah, yeah he, has exactly. like, he has like a fermented diet, like or something like that, like Tom Brady diets. You know, like there he leaves go. the bathroom and everybody's like, Jesus Christ, turn the <laughs> fan on. He microwaves mm-hmm. fish. He's that coworker. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so on her way out of the arraignment, Tina quotes Siddhartha. This is the book that uh, apparently they have been quoting from. Connie's put this in their head. Uh, She says, The only reality, the reality's inside us, right, Connie? And it should surprise no one that that is not the quote. Herman has said, uh, There is no reality except the one contained within us. Of course, these stupid writers. Yeah. This is before, like, you could Google stuff. Although, they did have the book on set. True. They had more than one version of it too yep no okay it's like one of those like gandhi quotes that isn't really gandhi that that, like people put up on their facebook page in like a big blue square yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh yes this is a shakespeare quote this shit writes itself right yeah claudia confessed to the poisoning tina confessed to sabotaging the boat connie basically implicated himself as being the mastermind why are they arresting carolyn she never said anything she didn't have any lines. Nope. She just had that dreamy look on her face. Yeah. If you don't say anything, you're also still charged, right? Because she didn't say anything. She was an accomplice. I, I mean, I guess so. I mean, Tina jumps up to confess, and Connie's just sitting there like, mm, not me, girl. <gasps> oh, sorry. So Tina was making the copious amounts of buttercream frosting in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. I guess that would have been her. Yeah. I feel Maybe like that's Tina's what Carolyn was doing. Noticed. She's like, I don't know how to use a caulking gun, but... Man, I can churn some butter. (laughs) I can make a a mean wedding cake. So here we go. Yeah, there we go. That's it. Well, I, first of all, was so psyched when those parents lawyered up right away. I was like, that is what you do when someone comes in and talks to your kid. But then that lawyer was fucking useless. Useless. He did nothing. They were like talking to the kids and he never said anything. Useless in court, useless in the questioning. They hired the wrong lawyer. Obviously, the law firm selection on that tiny island is very thin. Yeah. There's one lawyer, just like there's one artist. There's the one lawyer, and he one really bakery. he specializes in like agriculture law. He's not ready for criminal prosecution. Maritime law, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I do think Carolyn would confess if they allowed her to slap kingpin over there. <laughs> Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now, there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet, with faster speeds rolling out every day. And internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So, while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement. While another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next-generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. 
Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. All right, uh, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Rip from the Headlines. Can't wait. Oh, boy. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Rip from the Headlines. This episode is inspired by the 2003 case of poisoning at a church in New Sweden, Maine. On April 27th, 2003, the 60 members of the Gustav Adolf Lutheran Church attended Sunday services and gathered afterwards for the usual coffee and donuts. Suddenly, parishioners became violently ill, passed out, and were rushed from their isolated community to the closest hospital. One man died, 12 were hospitalised, and three victims were released. Authorities tested the coffee and discovered that it had been spiked with arsenic. Five days later, a 53-year-old potato farmer shot himself in the chest. Daniel Bonderson was an usher at the church and had an unspecified dispute with other parishioners. Police said Bonderson left a suicide note confessing to the poisoning. He claimed he didn't know the substance was arsenic, but he wanted to give churchgoers a bellyache, just like they gave him. Despite the confession, FBI profilers claimed Bonderson had accomplices. This further fueled suspicion amongst the congregation that a confederate was in their midst. In 2006, police closed the case. They said that Daniel Bonderson was the only perpetrator. But many members of the Gustav Adolf Lutheran Church still believe he didn't act alone. So a police investigator noticed that the wastebasket was filled with full cups of coffee. And most people took a sip and spit it out. A TV crew interviewed one of the victims 15 years later he said that when he drank the coffee, he thought the creamer had gone bad. Ah. Mm. But then he drank the whole cup. <laughs> I don't want a victim blame, but sir, I think that illness was foreseeable in your yes. future, even if it was just the creamer. Is this like a Scandinavian church in the middle of Maine where like everyone is named like, it's like Gustav something and the guy's name was like. I believe, I believe it's Swedish. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I mean, well, New Sweden, right? This is it's like a, a Scandi yeah. Noir situation. It's a very isolated town. It's not an mm-hmm. island. I but, love it. Yeah. This is a great story. I mean, how many people die? Did they say people died? Uh, one person died. Okay. So it's not a juicy, it's not a great story. But one person died then. Okay. Yes. Yeah, six years after the poisoning, a second victim died. Francis Ruggles had lingering health problems due to organ damage from the arsenic. Yeah, liver probably, right? Yeah, and others oh. are still being, being treated today because of the, the damage from that. Yep. yep. Wow. So wait, so the, the teenager portion of this was fully... Yeah, the whole thing fully... with, the, with the rowboat, that was another storyline either invented. I think maybe somebody pulled it from a Hardy Boys So they mashed book. up some shit. They mashed up some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Hmm. Uh, but didn't they say the usher was in his 50s? The person that did this? yeah. Yeah, uh, his name was Bondinson. His suicide note said, I acted alone, and then he underlined that phrase. It seems like he really wanted us to believe that. Yeah, said he acted alone. I bet he, like, it was someone in his family that did it with him, and he was protecting them, right? Well, the that rumor was right. that Bondinson's sister was in on it. Uh, she lived in Amesbury, Massachusetts, and she had a bout of serious vomiting around the same time of this incident. So the cops searched her house. The implication was that either she was poisoned accidentally or on purpose. Huh. What year did this episode come out? 
Oh, this was like 2003 or four. Okay, so there is actually a case of a frantic 911 call from teens in a boat who drowned off of City Island in 2003. Ah. I believe uh, that is where that portion of the story came from. Yeah, right. Again, in in the in the show, uh, they were suing the city because of the yes, 911 response. Yes, they were just the kid, the boat. They were disconnected from 911 before cops could pinpoint their location and send help. So that obviously is where that portion of the story came from, and then they just mashed it together with this main church situation. Yeah, two good ones. Yeah, wow. crazy. And they and then put a little like Manson and his followers in because yeah. that's what yeah. they're sort of leading us to believe that Connie's going to be this sort of cult yeah. leader in the making, and then right? A yeah, little, a little it, sex party because like when I throw that into there's probably some sex party thing in 2003 because gone. Maria sells. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. It's like the B side of the Abbey Road album, right? We're just going to have all these little bit things with we'll a stick them together, make one long Perfect. song. By the way, back to that suicide note, it's like saying unprompted, I didn't kick your dog, right? You'd start going, but did you kick my dog? <laughs> yeah. Why even yeah. say it? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mm-hmm. acted alone. Really, really, really. I swear to God. It's very juvenile. It's like when you're a little kid and you tell your parents, I did not look at the Christmas gifts. Didn't look at them. <laughs> Didn't I wouldn't do, do that. <laughs> I didn't eat the cake. Didn't do it. So all these doctors around, uh, when the patients come in, it was a nursing student at Poison Control who figured out it was arsenic, not like food poisoning. And another mm. nurse told the investigators to go check the coffee. Well, the antidotes came for arsenic, right? After 9-11, they, everybody got this stuff. When they arrived, the doctors did not want to give the antidote to the patients because if it wasn't arsenic, it would harm them. And again, the nurses had to convince the doctors to do it. Nurses, not doctors. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> That's actually quite wow. typical. You know that? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty typical. So the following week, uh, they held a reception after the services. The state police came and guarded the coffee. <laughs> they actually had a trooper, like a Tower of London beef eater, standing next to the urn. Why not just not serve coffee? Isn't that an easier solution? <laughs> Fool me once. Wow. <laughs> right. Just bring your own coffee this time. Real just coffee. everyone. Yeah. Wow. Get one of those dunks boxes. Isn't that easier? Box of Joe. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What is that? have a taster, you know. We didn't buy this percolator for nothing. We need to use it. That's <laughs> <laughs> this. That is going to do it for us. We want to thank our guest, Katie Mitchell. Katie, where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, you can follow us at Date Dateline on Twitter and Instagram, and our show is called A Date with Dateline Podcast. Everyone should listen to their show. Everyone, if you're not, you probably are if you're listening to this show. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca Lavoy, how can our listeners follow you? At Reb Lavoy on Twitter and Instagram. And you can track me on Twitter at Kevin P. Flynn. You can also tweet to us at Law and Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freighter. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Content assistance from Travis Roy. Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with U.S. Copyrights Act fair use exemption for criticism and commentary. Go to lawandorderpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Other Stories was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Partners in Crime Media.
Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed.